This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Postal Service, looking to withstand a decline in revenue from the coronavirus pandemic, has found a new Postmaster General. The board last week selected Supply Chain and Distribution Center Executive Louis DeJoy after vetting more than 200 candidates. But the agency's financial challenges started long before pandemic. For more on the short and long-term challenges the new Postmaster General will face, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman spoke with a senior fellow with the Lexington Institute, Paul Steidler. The next couple of weeks when he works with the Postmaster General, the outgoing Postmaster General, Megan Brennan, first and foremost, they're going to be looking to formulate what the essence of both immediate relief to the Postal Service should be and also what should be the basis of holistic postal reform. It appears right now that the Postal Service has enough cash to continue to operate well into 2021, but we'll have a better idea of that at the end of this month when their financials for uh, April come out. But I think they're going to look at the financials to determine, A, whether any type of stopgap immediate assistance is needed, but more fundamentally, what should be the basis of reform going forward? What should the Postal Service ask Congress to incorporate in terms of revising the universal service obligation, those core essential services that the Postal Service must provide, and start to build a process whereby that legislation can be enacted. I think it's very unlikely to be this year during a contentious election year, but you can sow the seeds and sow the foundations for that to take place in early 2021. I also expect that Mr. DeJoy is going to focus on more arcane, less sexy, if you will, issues at the Postal Service. He's someone who knows how to use technology to get better results out of things. He's someone who knows how to squeeze operational costs and find ways to do things more efficiently. And given that the Postal Service is a $70 billion a year or so entity, and it is a federal government entity strictly, there are a number of opportunities for uh, doing things more efficiently and cutting costs. And I think he's going to bring much-needed energy and a fresh perspective uh, to those areas that come from his unique business background. But it's also clear that there is going to need to be legislative change for the Postal Service at some point in the very near future, or else Congress is just going to have to throw tens of billions of dollars at a business model that everybody agrees does not work, and that's going to be throwing good money after bad at this point. Given where things are, what do you see Congress willing to implement, perhaps in the next year, as far as long-term postal reform? As you and I have discussed before, this is the kind of thing that Congress has said that they need to do over the past few years, but they've been unable to do that. I guess the question really is, what's changed now compared to the past few years? Let me start that by saying one thing that should not be discussed as far as postal reform goes. And this is something that Congressman Mark Meadows, now the president's chief of staff, made explicitly clear at a hearing last year. And that issue is reducing mail delivery to five days a week from six days a week. This is an idea that's always thrown out there. It's bandied about by the Postal Service. The GAO report talking about the dire financial condition of the Postal Service mentioned that doing this is an option, but the estimated savings are only going to be $1.4 billion to $1.8 billion a year if you make this cut, which comes to like 2-3% of the entire revenues of the Postal Service out there. 
every time that this idea gets floated, there is tremendous blowback from people all across the country, especially in middle America, especially in rural areas, and especially from senior citizens. Some of the steps that need to be taken, the Postal Service should have greater flexibility to set its prices. That's a role for the Postal Regulatory Commission to look at. One thing that's been healthy, if you will, about the pandemic, with the uh, drop-off in mail volume that the Postal Service has, there's a realization that you can't just go out and charge mailers whatever price you want to charge them. They have other options, including going to the internet or just not using the mail to go forward. But there should be more flexible pricing to evaluate opportunities in that area. And there should also be, frankly, a separation of businesses between those monopoly businesses, those operations that come under the universal service obligation, things that keep the country together, such as the mailing out of government notices, personal-to-personal communications, recall notices from companies that need to go to consumers, separating that out from competitive products, the shipment of things that are not essential and developing uh, different balance sheets and different, um, uh, different operations for those areas. And in order to get there, it's also essential to better understand the costs of each product that the Postal Service has. The Office of Inspector General at the Postal Service has been warning the Postal Service or admonishing the Postal Service since 2014 that it needs to update and modernize its system so it understands its costs better. That can be done outside the scope of legislation, but it it frankly should be done as soon as possible to better understand costs in all areas and to help be a driver of reform. And speaking of the the Postal IG, their office put out a report looking further into the universal service obligation, the statutory mandate for the Postal Service to deliver mail to every address in the country six days a week. This has been one of the many issues that I think a fair number of stakeholders have said Congress and other interested parties should take a look at here. Help me better understand what may be the low-hanging fruit there of Congress revisiting that and better understanding you know, this fundamental question of what level of service the Postal Service should provide and realistically how it should pay for it. A better option than trying to squeeze out cost savings by reducing the number of days of delivery is to increase the prices and to be able to be able to cover that more. You know, that said, the reality is the mail business is going to be declining over the next couple of years. Back in January, the Postal Service put out a five-year strategic plan where it said the business would go from approximately $50 billion today down to about $40 billion in five years. The pandemic is expected to accelerate that trend because a lot of mailers are leaving and not coming back, although there are other bright spots, such as a huge boost in election mail this year, that's going to be taking place. So, you know, mail volume is still quite high, 40 billion pieces of mail a year, but it's less than it's been in years past, and really nobody projects that that's going to go forward. So in order to address the need for mail, you actually need a smaller infrastructure going forward than you currently have, and it's determining the best ways to scale that infrastructure down and reconfigure it that's going to be key. 
Another element of the universal service obligation and the President's Postal Service Task Force report in December 18 stressed the importance of this is to make sure that medicines can be delivered to all senior citizens wherever they are in the country. That's going to be even more important going forward as the country continues to age. That's an element that should fall within the USO. Paul Steidler, Senior Fellow at the Lexington Institute, speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.